Hey, coming up in this episode, we have Michael Bay coming back for more. We've got Fox's FX channel orders a pilot for some shows. And hey, where's DeRay? We know that merchandising is all anti-female. I think that's where class is going. Who knows? <laughs> but with special guest host coming in from the Blazing Defender Report, we've got Travis Jones. All this, this week on Breaking the Panel. The comic book now owns pop culture, and that's a worldwide phenomenon. Film, television, literature, these days, it's all about the comics. I am Arrow. I'm Batman. Supergirl? What does S.H.I.E.L.D. stand for, Agent Ward? I am Iron Man. And I am Spider-Man. Oh, smash. We're living the comics life. We're breaking the panel. Hey, I am Epic Boss McFall, loving sitting over here as the head of the Giant Size Team Up Network. But as the, <laughs> I can't even get through with the straight face. We're like the ass. <laughs> I know, I know. So uh, it, the name infers we're a team. We're a giant sized team here. Giant sized team up on this network. So the first host of one of our shows on the network, the first guest host in for being one of those hosts, Blazing Defender Reports own Travis Jones. The Blazing Defender Report. <laughs> Travis, uh, we're going to get you to tell us about your show here in just a second, but Carrying on, one of our rules with breaking the panel is obviously one of the three hosts has to be here, but we really try to keep two of the main three hosts. So this week, the main host with me is Paul Klotz. Yeah. 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 See, yeah, yeah. I'm not a Travis. I'm not gonna like. I'm not gonna dance for you. Dance, puppet, dance. Dance, boy, dance. Yeah. I don't think anybody expects you to at all. No, I mean, I if if if. Man, I can't wait for Klaus to have his first kid or to to win a million dollars just to see what super freaking excited Klaus is. Because whoa, whoa, whoa. why are you wishing ill upon me? First kid, what the hell? I'm sorry, I I forgot you already had three. Your fourth kid. I don't know. I don't know. But that's not what we're here to talk about. You we're... have children. Why would you wish that upon anyone? <laughs> I love my kids. What are you talking about? No, I know. Uh, <laughs> are you guys ready for some full frontal nerdity? Not when you're going to deliver cheesy lines like that. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, screw you. I anyways. like it. I was ready. Because... It's got to be a little more organic than that. Okay. You know what? We're, we're... Screw these articles we got. Let's just uh, riff on uh, McFall here for like an hour. Because <laughs> I'm ready for it. Like, I, I, I got some ammunition in this gun. Let's go. Well, you hold it for the appropriate times because I want to geek out on this. I absolutely am a huge fan of Michael Bay. I love the crap that he what? does. You say that in public? <laughs> I do. I do, man. I love, I'm with I love you, I know what I'm going to get with him. What? I'm with you. I, I'm with you. I Thank love you. Michael Bay. His movies are ridiculously over the top. It's explosions. It's hot chicks. It's robots. Transfer. I mean, I'm I'm all for it. Whatever he wants to do, I'm going to buy a ticket. I'm going to see it. If he uh, made a snuff film, I would go watch it <laughs> and probably leave the theater thinking it was the greatest thing I've ever seen. Oh, my God. Well, just well, short of that. <laughs> technically, to some Transformers fans, the first Transformers film was arguably a snuff film. Right. <laughs> right. right. And, well, and for any serious Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fan, the first Ninja Turtles oh, movie yeah. okay, the was first arguably one, a snuff film. The first I mean, one was a studio film, uh, absolutely. I think this next one, that's why I want to talk about this this article here. This next one is going to be a fan film, I believe. Now, with, with the Transformers, 
and I know, I know typically I'm in the minority with my fandom of Michael Bay and what he gives me with the Transformers, but I went going, what do you want? I want it to look like real freaking robots transforming and fighting. That's all. There's no story. There never was a story to Transformers. Not in the cartoons. Not in the original, dude. It's out there's on. If you have a Roku, it's the Autobots versus the Decepticons. Okay, that's all that's really important. Exactly. That's all that's really important. (laughs) That was the same thing in the first movies: Autobots versus Decepticons. It was. Well, no, I mean that was like the thing about the first movie is they spend the first half of that movie building it up into this like really enticing like you know, mystery, like what's going on with this weird signal in space and look at all these smart kids that are like cracking codes and hacking things. And then all of a sudden the robots show up and they're like, oh, now now it's robots and explosions. And let's throw all of these plot lines that we had in this movie right out. Because that's exactly what you should do. There should never be plot lines <laughs> I don't about think, Transformers. Well, I mean, that's the thing, though, is I don't think they should have like started setting it up as like a serious... Uh, but maybe not, fun yeah. movie, you know what I mean? And then halfway through, just change gears completely uh, and be like, boom, explosion. <laughs> well, I love to the my voice. Borderlands fans, boom, boom. Uh, I miss, I love the voice when you said explosions, because there's a point to that coming up. Michael Bay confirms he will direct Transformers 5, despite previously casting doubt in his involvement like he has for each other sequel as well. Director Michael Bay confirmed in a new profile at Rolling Stone that he will return for the upcoming Transformers 5 for a summer 2017 release. And I, I like it. He goes, um, <laughs> Michael Bay says, I'm doing Transformers 5, is it? J.J. Abrams told me you're the only guy that could do this, but it's time to move on. Just one more. So he's going to, I think as long as I keep paying him, he'll show up. Now, that's not the big important news in this story. Now, spoiler alert for anybody who's in moron and doesn't actually understand what Transformers, or not Transformers, what Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are. Because when we saw the preview, we talked about the preview of TMNT, and we talked about how that's Krang's Thunderdrome. Well, he has confirmed that in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Out of the Shadows, it will feature the cinematic debut of the villain, Krang. So I'm very excited about that. That's but been, they're like, they're, they're, in this article, it's a spoiler alert. Like, are you stupid? It's like saying there's going to be turtles in TMNT. Of course. I'm pretty sure we knew we were going to get Krang the moment we saw Bebop and Rocksteady. Right? Exactly. There's, exactly. You know, no. they go hand in yeah. hand. But beyond that, okay, I will give them with the history of the first movie and the history of Michael Bay. That's not necessarily true. That because we know they go together, they will actually stay together. However, when you see the pieces of the Thunderdrome come flying through the portal, you're pretty sure it's going to be Crane coming with it. The right. Thunderdrome? That's Bad Max, you right? You can't, you can't prove that. You cannot prove that. I said oh, that. I absolutely you can't cannot. prove it because I recall it, okay? <laughs> <laughs> um, <sighs> I guess we talk about Michael Bay doing this next Transformers movie, right? Like, who's surprised? I'm not. I don't think there wow. will be. I mean, I guess there could be tra- – uh, okay, I take this back. It's a money grab, so there will be Transformers after Michael Bay well, until people yeah. stop paying for it. He only produced Age of Extinction, right? Like, he didn't direct it. He directed the first – I don't remember exactly what he was sure tied he did. To. I'm pretty sure he did Age – I think I, it was directed I'm all of I'm pretty them. sure nobody directed Age of Extinction. <laughs> I mean <laughs> – you're so trolling me today. What the hell, man? I love that. Dinobots. How do you not love yes. Dinobots? Oh my. Wait, 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 wait. Period. Okay. The okay, scene listen. between Prime and the Dinobot was worth any five movie tickets I could have bought that day. 
just to see that one scene. Yeah, I but- could have left. I could have got up and left and been like, hey, man, uh, where are you going to go see? Oh, I'm going to go see this. Now, go see Transformers. He fights a dinosaur. He fights I just left. Di- he rides a dinosaur. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, don't get me wrong. Those parts were good, but I had to deal with a whole bunch of Marky Mark to get there. Like, Oh, come on. Do you know? I, I like Marky Mark. I like Mark Wahlberg. Don't get me wrong. Okay. Like, I, All right. I, I think he's really good in some movies. He not so good in some other movies. Yeah, this being he's one okay. of them. Okay, I like Wahlberg, but as from an actor standpoint, <laughs> he's very wooden. Just just things. as a, a fun callback, if Mark Wahlberg starred in a snuff film, I'd watch it. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, he kind of did. It was called Entourage. That. He did direct uh, Age of Extinction. I'm looking now. Okay. Um, I'm looking at. Uh, do I it, looked like, at IMDb and he, he was on there. He's a producer in 2016. He's a producer for Untitled Transformers spinoff. He produced TMNT. I guess he did not direct that. Uh, Transformers: Age of Extinction. He's listed as executive producer. I just kind of imagine that Michael Bay is like a mini George Lucas, where like just because he's producing doesn't mean he's not actually directing. Yeah, <laughs> you know I, what I mean. I wish it break it down. Where's uh, 21 credits for director? Transformers five. Uh, Transformers Age of Extinction, Pain and Gain, which explains that movie. Transformers Dark of the Moon. Transform- yeah, he's, he's directed all of the Transformers films so far. Yeah. Okay. Now, here's the thing that I'm going to have to look up. Just I saw a little blip on the IMDb page, so I'm going to have to look something up. I'm a fan of Bad Boys. Will Smith, Martin Lawrence. Oh, yeah. It hit right in the right spot in life mm-hmm. for me and uh, loved it. And okay, when so you were coming up as a young G, I was man. I was <laughs> balling in the streets of Bob Jones University Christian Fundamentalist School when that thing came out, and I loved every second of it. So you're so what you're saying is the little G inside of you that was being repressed really just needed to, really to, to fly was. its flag. Like it really yeah. absolutely was. So there was a misprint because so when I looked up Michael Bay. It says producer Bad Boys Four. In 2017, I'm like, wait a minute. When was there a Bad Boys 3? Did they screw something and go straight to DVD? Because that was horrible. Don't do that. No, it's actually Bad Boys 3 is coming out with Martin Lawrence and Will Smith in uh, 2017 by Michael Bay. Yes. 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 uh, Produced by Michael Bay. Director is Joe Carnahan rumored so far. So, little side note, not really comic related, but, you know, worth mentioning, I thought. Absolutely. So, all right, all right. I'll take you out of the Michael Bay arena here, sir. But uh, what, what, what do you got? What do you got, Klotz? I found an interesting article. I, I, the article that I'm sharing with you guys here that, you know, we don't actually link for our listeners, so they don't really care what article it is. Um, but this flew under the radar. We didn't talk about the fact that Fox has been developing potentially two different X-Men related uh, Marvel TV shows. Like we we've never talked about it at all, which I find. I think you and I mentioned in passing to each other, but I don't think we've discussed it on the show. Right. Um, so we know that the first one, the one that's got a, a pilot order and is starting to do casting, is uh, tentatively titled Legion and is based around the character of Legion. Though I think they're doing it a little differently than it was done in the comics. It seems like they're giving him schizophrenia, and uh, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, so I don't I don't know very much about Legion. This is my well, this is my card carrying filthy casual coming out. <laughs> he's he's Xavier's uh, estranged Sorry. son. So who's his I, mom? I don't Marianne know. McTaggart. Oh, oh see yes. Okay, I do remember some references to that in some of the comics. 
mm-hmm. about how him and, and McTaggart had a son. Yeah, um, she actually hit him from Xavier uh, because of his issues early on, I guess. And then Xavier ended up finding out after, like, at, when he was like a young, when he was an adolescent, I guess, that um, that he actually had oh. a son and she kept it hidden from him. Uh, I'm, little, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm jumping ahead in the story. I'm reading the article that you have. I'm getting excited. So go ahead, Klaus, carry on. Well, I just really wanted to bring up the fact that uh, this show has been kind of flying under the radar. People aren't really talking about it very much, but uh, they are starting to cast people. So I saw an update about one of the people potentially cast, uh, which isn't really relevant to this conversation um, because we don't know anything really yet. But uh, yeah, I mean, this is uh, the really interesting part from this article that I linked here is uh, that it mentions that Marvel is assisting on the development of this, oh, which, really, which is really interesting. It now it's uh, by Marvel assisting. I mean Marvel TV's division, right? Or Marvel well, still, we know yeah. what they can do, which is awesome, right? But um, yeah. So that's like, uh, you know that that's really interesting development. You know what I mean? Because the the narrative of the last year or so has really been about the feud, right? about how Fox and right. Marvel are basically going at each other. But to find out that somebody who's involved with developing outside of Fox projects is actually assisting in some capacity is actually hopefully a sign of good things to come. Uh, because I think it would be in everybody's best interest if Fox and Marvel found a way to make things work one way or the other so that maybe perhaps X-Men don't have to be like made extinct and pushed off now, earth kind of stuff. This is this is not now, okay, so Fox, it's really been the Fox movie division that's been taking a crap on Marvel, and Marvel, vice versa, Marvel's been taking a crap on them. Right. You know, killing yeah, yeah. the news. Right. Uh, but this is not actually direct, it's not even Fox's TV division, it's actually FX, which I know is a branch of Fox, but you, the more removed you get from the problem, the more people get along. It's kind of where I'm going with this. Mm-hmm. It's a ri- the original programming at FX. So, one, that gets me excited because it can be dark as crap. And that's mm-hmm. going to be awesome because you think about The Shield, Sons of Anarchy. Um, I can't think of any others right now, but those were all FX originals. So as long as it's not like the Blade TV show bad. Uh, Blade TV show at the time, it was bad. I'm, I'm, I'm not arguing. But it filled a niche that was not actually happening. It was carrying on the Blade story, which nobody was if, dealing with supernatural stuff at the time. It filled it, it so well that it got canceled. Oh, yeah. I mean, they got such a <laughs> freaking... Um, Wesley Snipes wannabe for that. It was horrible. Yeah, he was, was bad. That, that's I, what killed the show, I think. Yeah, was, I, think they got, I think he was like a rapper or something, wasn't he? I don't remember I don't, who he was. No. But um, it was, he hasn't it was done bad. much sense either. Um, yeah. It, it was, it, it, to me, it killed the show. I mean, I watched every episode of that because I love the story of Blade so much and, and the world. And I even told my wife, I remember telling my wife at one point, if they just get rid of him and get a real actor, this show would be amazing. Right. But right. this is crap. You know, and, and, and I mean, there was some bad writing. Don't get me wrong. There were some bad situations and bad writing. But uh, coming back to this Legion, I'm, go, I'm going through this article, and I love this. It's the according to the announcement, it's Haler. Is that how you say H? It's H A L L Haler Holler Haler. How do you pronounce it? You think the character? Holler. 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 Matagit. Dude, that's his DJ name, right? Uh, anyway, hot, let's go with Holler. Holler is a young man plagued by mental illness and diagnosed as schizophrenic who must confront the possibility that the voices he hears and visions he sees 
are real. That is going to be, if they do this right, man, that could be so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's being written by Noah Hawley, who uh, Fargo fame. Uh, and he oh, is wow. also the executive producer alongside of Lauren Schuler, uh, Lauren Schuler Donner, rather. Brian Singer is attached to this. Simon Kinberg and John Cameron. And Joseph Jeff Loeb Lube. and Jim Chory from Marvel. Jeff Loeb, not Joseph. Sorry, Jeff Loeb. Lisa, Lisa's his sister. <laughs> sister? Lisa Loeb. No, I, I inter- never mind. We're moving. Oh, sorry, on. kid. This is things. No, 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 no. I know what you're talking about. But you, I, never mind. You, 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 improper syntax. Error, error, error. <laughs> That's been going on between you and me a lot lately. Travis, how do you feel about that? What do you, where do you think this is going to go, man? Man, I, I'm for anything that's done well. Uh, I don't like things thrown out there just because it's a hot property right now. But I, I do agree with you. I think the further we can get away from, from Fox and somebody else grabs a hold of it. Or even Marvel sure. proper, too. I mean, those are the two fighting. Marvel, right, comic right. proper, and Fox. And, and that, that's uh, that's going to be a, an ongoing problem. I don't see any resolution to that. I mean, they just killed Namor uh, just yeah. a few weeks ago in the Marvel yeah. books. I mean, yeah. he died and, He died horribly. So, yeah, I mean, that's. Big, I think that's something that's going to... But why would just, they do that? Who who has... I, I've never quite understood... I know somebody else has the rights to Namor, but it's not Fox. It's like somebody's not doing anything with him, isn't it? I think it's uh, I think it's really old licensing issue. Yeah, I think it is too. Yeah. I think it's a I think it's probably a legacy issue, mm-hmm. and it, it's probably an estate that has like you know rights to it, and they probably have to pay royalties when they use the character and new stuff. So they, mm-hmm. that's probably why they're killing it. Right, right. But I mean, how like <sighs> it, let's talk about that for a minute because that was a pretty big moment yeah, in yeah. Uh, in Marvel, you know, uh, and. It was a pretty clear sign of what they were saying by having Squadron Supreme do it. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, that's really fringe for most people when you think of Marvel. Like, I I mean, we all know about it, but it's like, that's not like one of the main books. That's not one of the, you know, a set of main characters. You know what I mean? They're all like, they're fringe by definition. You know what I mean? And to have them just like, oh, no, we're going to take a dump on him and then kill him. All right, here we go. Do, do you? Re- I, I don't know if you guys remember this. Now it was a DC property, and actually, I think it was a Wildstorm property first, which DC owned. But do you? Do you guys ever read the comic book, The Authority? Mm-mm. Okay, no. The Authority. Uh, there's a character called the Midnighter. You may have heard of him, um, and a bunch of other characters you probably never heard of. Midnighter is probably the most popular one because he's ha- he has his own book now. But they were, I think that's, I think this is what Marvel's trying to do with Squadron Supreme is they're trying to make uh, an authority in the Marvel Universe. And basically, this is a group that goes along with no rules. They don't listen to governments. They don't listen to anybody. They do what they feel is right. And Mm -hmm. they're basically a Justice League. Uh, You know, Hyperion's are Superman, Nighthawk's are Batman. Uh, mm-hmm. Power Woman is your Wonder Woman. I mean, they've got a speedster uh, named, uh, I can't remember his name, but they've got a speedster like Flash. So, I mean, you put these guys in the Marvel Universe, I mean, they're on par with the Avengers. And actually, in the third, in this third upcoming issue, they're battling the Uncanny Avengers, which is the, the mutant group and the Avengers kind of trying to get along or whatever. But mm-hmm. when killing Namor was such a huge moment, 
I think they're trying to like say, like, like you said, Paul, um, they're fringe. I mm-hmm. think they're trying to put them on the mat because I think they've got a big story planned ahead because nobody is going to be for what the Squadron Supreme is going to represent here in the next five or six issues because they're mm-hmm. very, uh, they're, they're hardcore. You know what I yeah. mean? Oh, which I like because I saw yeah, some I of the panels it. from it. I right. didn't read. The, I haven't read the issues yet, but I saw the panels, um, especially the the you know the death scene, if you will. And <laughs> basically, yeah, they're just they're not pulling punches. They're like, boom, we're gonna take your head off. Yeah, and then we're gonna show everybody because you know we mean business. And I thought right. that was great because yeah. I mean, there's, there's so much dancing around in the Marvel books where you know the various teams and everything they never really like unleash. You know what I mean? They're always yeah on that short chain and they're always like, you know, trying to, to get loose. And they, these guys are just like, yep, time to get loose. You're, you're time a maniac. <laughs> you, 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 you do all this horrible. Cause that's the thing about Namor is he, he's always doing all this horrible. Yep. You know, he's never, he's a hero quote unquote, but he's never really on any, on the side of good. You know what I mean? He's always right. selfish. Like when he helps out, it's out of self-preservation. It's never right. out of, in for Atlantis. It's never, you know. So he's Russian is what you're saying. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Let's just alienate an entire country there, Charles. Nice politics, job. not the country, not the people. The politics are never about the people. Just like Namor is really never about the Atlanteans. He's about what he wants are to do with his Are you going to go into a diatribe about the proletariat and the bourgeoisie? <laughs> bourgeoisie! Um. But yeah, no, I mean, it, it's it's pretty wild what, what's going on with the Squadron Supreme thing. It, it, maybe they're trying to make it a bigger book. That would be pretty cool. Um, except for the whole DC Justice League anagram thing that yeah. they're all, you know, <laughs> thinly veiled copies. Um, yeah, it's uh, he's dead, Jim. So. <laughs> dead. dead. Brutally. So I'm very curious to how that affects the rest of the universe. And, and there, here's the thing about it. This was a story that sat in our wheel of fate until it came about launch time and went ahead and refreshed it and took it out. But they, they being, I guess, the producers of the book or the authors of the book, somebody essentially said before Squadron, the new version of Squadron Supreme, before it launched, that they were going to kill off a major character really quickly. Mm-hmm. And they were kind of... Uh, guessing at who was going to be in this and that and the other. Uh, but all signs did actually point to Namor, and they they actually spoiled it. Apparently, there's some art leaked out with uh, somebody, I want to say uh, Hyperion maybe, holding Namor's head. Yeah, that it, was the cover of issue two. Yeah. Okay, so that kind of leaked before issue one even launched. So yeah. So they're like, oh, you're ruining things. Why are you doing this? And, da, 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 da. and it's like... Yeah. Yeah, I didn't see that, so I'm really glad that I didn't. I didn't see that. <clears throat> the, the spoiling, I didn't see that. Uh, so that's that's why uh, there's not always going to be a spoiler alert on some of our news because some of it gets spoiled <laughs> before we even get to get to it. Just understand, we just tackle things as they come. If we know it's going to be a spoiler, much like the Star Wars episode we did a little while back, we're going to warn you ahead of time. But sometimes, especially with the books, books move so fast. That uh, yeah. you know you're gonna get caught up in this sometimes, right? So that's that's uh that's interesting. Now, what's the other TV show that they're developing for FX or for Fox or you know with X Men? See that I haven't dug into any information on yet, okay. so I don't actually Me either. Know. I was just curious if maybe. Um, 
All right. Well, looking forward to what they can do with that. But remember the show, their show Lie to Me with uh, with um, Tim Roth. Tim Roth. Tim thank Roth. you. And then there was there was a similar one at the same time about a psychologist or uh, in a mental hospital. I remember the logo for the show was him unzipping his head. He had like a zipper, you know, graphic on his head. And he's on. Oh wow! I cannot remember the name of that show, but I could see both of those as- aspects of both of those shows kind of playing into Legion. You know, it'd be kind of cool. And mm-hmm. man, being on FX, it gives me so much hope for a dark show. We really nothing against Supergirl because I've stopped bashing it. I haven't even watched it yet. I need to. But one of the things that does stand out about Supergirl and the Flash are there the, these lighter more colorful shows, which are great, but I really yeah. need some more serious, darker shows like Daredevil was and like Jessica Jones was mm. on mainstream TV. Well, FX is not mainstream, but it's a cable network. I was just going to bring that up, though. Okay, go for it. We got to stop trying to put shows like this on sh- on channels like FX. Like, do your, re- like, syndicate it there, you know, do your reruns or whatever, but, like... You you've got if you want a show like this to succeed, it's got to be on one of the big networks, one of the you know the public networks. It can't be on cable. This is going to be on cable, and that's a problem. Um, granted, like what you just said though is that they can get away with a little bit more that way, but I think that's ultimately going to hurt it. You know what I mean? Maybe. It's, I mean, you've got like Breaking Bad was on uh, was it AMC? AMC. Well, AMC is a little bit of a different beast because it's a destination network now because of that quality programming. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I don't. As big as comics are, I don't know that a show like this is going to bring people to a network like FX on purpose. But then again, FX had Sons of Anarchy, didn't it? It did. Yes. It had Sons and of Anarchy. Shield. Uh, I, lo- I was looking to see if the Shield, the TV show, was just on FX. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It premiered on FX and it ran yep. seven seasons and was pretty massive it's, for them. It, it was awesome. Yeah, yes. I love that show. I, I, I think it. I agree with you. It's not going to be. It won't be like Agents of Shield, where it's on ABC and you can get it everywhere. But I think it still can catch a really big audience being on FX. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it it, it could go. It could go in any direction, really. So, all right. Uh, Let's get Travis's story in, because I know you've got a soapbox coming up, and rightfully so. Uh, Travis, talk about what you have linked in here. Well, I was... um Today, I was just kind of scrolling through things, and uh, I know I know you, Charles, are a big Funko Pop collector. I am. And I... I Except this Dorbs line. This Dorbs line is for... for Oh yeah, uh, what's with that? Like it. It's it's like the softening of everything. I'm not, I'm not a fan, <laughs> I was man. like, this is fun, co. It makes me not even want any of them. Yeah, uh, seeing that crap. But uh, six months ago, I was, I mean, I was not into it at all. And then I've got a couple cool ones in my. Uh, it's either my Luke Crate or my Collector Core. I guess it was my Marvel Collector Core box that I get. Oh yeah. And I'm like, oh, these are really cool. So now when I see one that, you know, just speaks to me or whatever, I think it's really cool. I got to have it. So anyway, I seen this. It says Funko is about to release Civil War uh, pop figures. And I'm like, Civil War characters, I got to see this. So I'm, I'm going through them. I'm looking at all of them. And I'm like, hmm, what character is that? Because from a, from a distance, I couldn't see it. And as I'm reading the article... It says, did Funko spoil uh, a character for the Civil War movie? And it looks like Funko's coming out with a giant man Funko Pop from the Civil War series. 
So mm. I guess we're going to see the, the introduction of Giant Man in Civil War. So um, I, I thought that was pretty cool. I'm not sure if that's a spoiler as much because I did hear articles before this that uh, the producers or I can't remember. I think this probably came from MCU cast when they were reporting uh -huh. on their news that one of the writers or directors of Civil War said that that with Ant-Man 2 even that you can't ignore Giant Man. Giant Man right. was such a big part of Hank Pym's background that that he really needs to be uh, included and I had already seen through Twitter and stuff through today that uh, quite possibly that character had been spoiled. Um, it's still not necess necessarily true, and it's not necessarily in, in relation to this movie currently. It could absolutely be. But let me ask you, okay, I've spoken, Travis spoken, Klotz, you haven't spoken on this yet. Would that be a spoiler to you that, oh, Giant Man's going to be in the movie now? Not really. I mean, yeah. I, I with, with the sequence of how these films are coming out, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, I mean, and they kind of all they they set this up by doing the cameo with Falcon and Ant Man, right? Right. So you know that he's going to be at least in some capacity involved with this team. Well, he's already been on some of the promotional artwork that has been. Right. He's with Hawkeye on the arrow. He's with Hawkeye on the shoulder. On some of the pro, uh, promo posters, so and we are like part of it. Like you said, Giant Man is such a big part of the Ant Man, Hank Pym, you know, mythos, if you will. Uh, it it's pretty obvious that it was going to go that direction at some point, you know. Right. So but it, what? Uh, what a spoiler that he was going to be in Civil War. No, I mean, Civil War already has a, a mass of characters anyway. Right. I don't think he's going to be Red Hulk, Black Panther. I mean, yeah. all these different characters. Uh, I, I figured Giant Man would make an appearance sooner or later, but I, I had no idea he was going to be in Civil War. Did I just hear you right? Did you say Red Hulk? Yeah. They've announced yeah. that? See, that is a spoiler for me. That I had no idea. Oh, known. really? Yeah, no. Yeah, uh, it's actually the actor that plays um, oh, you okay. Ross. No, I, I know what you're... Okay, well, when you said Red Hulk, I thought you meant that we were going to have the emergence of Red Hulk, which I yes. guess is entirely possible. Yeah, um, well, I mean, he, he even spoiled it in an interview that uh, uh, someone, said, someone said to him something to the effect that, and I, I'm going to butcher this because I don't remember exactly what he said, but somebody made mention to, uh, wouldn't it be cool if the Hulk was in this film also? And he was like, who says he's not? And he kind of smiled, and, you know, they wanted more out of him. And he was like, I've said too much, and he kind of walked <laughs> away. And I was like, did he just spoil it? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, um, yeah, I mean, I've heard that from, from a few different sources. I'll try to find it and post a link uh, on the website. But, uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's going to be in it. Okay, cool. I mean, that just sounds like things are going to get wild anyways, then. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I feel like me. Civil War is kind of going to be like a Avengers 2.5 in a way. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's clearly what they're going for here, which is fine. I'm well, totally you can't cool. not do Civil War without doing that to a point. Mm -hmm. Now, here's the other thing. If you listen to panel by panel, there's a, a spoiler there. This is a great time to promote here. GiantSizeTeamUp.com forward slash panel X panel. Because that's the brand X panel by panel, but with an X. Of course, on Blog Talk Radio, you can get it at blogtalkradio.com forward slash PXP. 
is there. But we did the Civil War. We did the overview so you can get why you should read the books. Go read the books and then listen to the spoiler-filled episode after that. I won't reveal what the spoiler is, but there's a major turning point in the fight that deals with the death, that deals with some of what we're talking about here. So Mm -hmm. I'm not sure how they're going to handle that resolution or that conflict in the movie. We all know, too, that the movies definitely go their own direction and their own universe away right. from uh, the comics mm-hmm. as well. So this is, this is going to be interesting. I, I think the death is going to happen. I it's mean, gonna, well, the, some kind of death, to me, some kind of death has to happen. Yeah. But who and how <sighs> is going to be... The, what the if they do the reverse? See, now we're dancing around a spoiler. You <laughs> have to dance around it, though. <laughs> and you, you've preloaded a potential, you know... You, we could just talk about it if you didn't already right. hype up how much of a spoiler it is. But yeah. I'm just going to throw it out there. They could be looking to make the switch. You know what I mean? Sure. And we know that one of the actors involved is, you know, tentatively involved going forward. You know what I mean? Like we know that they're going to they're going to a couple of the original Avengers team are going to start appearing less and less. We know that's just the case. Like that's sure. going to happen. So I could see the death going in an opposite direction, and that would be insane yes. and really interesting. Um, I think both ways is still really interesting, but I think like the the switch would be pretty wild. Um, we'll, we'll have to see how it all works out, but um, yeah. Well, uh, and no, I, was, I know what you're referring to. That does not actually happen in Civil War proper. Oh right, yeah, okay, right. Now, I will say this, uh, Kevin Feige, I read an interview with Kevin Feige, and he was talking about the widow Captain America dynamic in Civil War, Mm -hmm. okay? And McFall, I I think you've seen my my reaction trailer when the trailer first dropped. Uh Nothing made me more mad than the way Widow was acting in the trailer. Like I'm like, everything Cap did for you in Cap 2, and this is how you repay him? By just basically turning your back and, and going going with Stark. So I was so pissed off. Well, Feige kind of responded to that. And he said that Cap and Widow are the closest. Now, even though we know Widow and the Hulk are pretty close after after Ultron, we, we right. know that because we've seen it. He said that Cap and Widow are the <laughs> closest Avengers that there, that there are. Mm-hmm. And he said what happens in Civil War is going to further their relationship going forward. Hmm. So, and, and the, the guy that was writing the article was like, does this mean Cap uh, is going to be around for the duration of you know, the movies? And, and Chris Evans has said that he wants to be Cap as long as he can be Cap. I thought he said he so, wanted to go off and do some directing and stuff. He, he originally said that, but yeah. once, I, I guess the word got out that, you know, uh, they signed Sebastian Stan to nine picture deal and everything, you know, because I mean they don't really tell these actors that much. Uh, you know, Sebastian that, that Stan. Point, Winter Sebastian Soldier. Stan is Winter Soldier. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. God, you filthy casual. Hey, I'm car carrying, <laughs> man. Like Mike, like Woodard said. Uh, Who's Robert Downey Jr.? That's how we do this show, man. Because there are people and, who listen who don't know these things. So I have to ask for right. them. Right. It's not for me. It's for a friend. <laughs> uh so that's interesting that toys uh lego I, I read too lego may have spoiled uh giant man as well 
by releasing a Lego or announcing a Lego kit, and you can clearly see uh, your giant uh, man on it. That's what I was saying. One of those things today. that happens with merchandising. You know yeah. what I mean? Yes. You can't keep everything under wraps. Plus, the movie's only five months out. I mean, it's well, not. It's not a big deal. Well, apparently. Yeah. With merchandising, you can keep things under wraps because they're, you know, Ray. <laughs> with Ray, I would say. <laughs> oh, are we transitioning? <laughs> well, it would have been smooth if you hadn't said that. Yes, we are, sir. <laughs> this is uh, where you pick up and run with the ball. <laughs> yeah, no, no. This is spoiler what I... alert. We're going to transition on this show. <laughs> <laughs> My job around here is to make your slick transitions as awkward as possible. I hope you realize. <laughs> I like it. I could dig that. Uh, All right, so there's been uh, a bit of a movement going on, okay? Uh, it's called uh, the hashtag, if you will, is where's Ray? Okay. And and the question that has been brought up is, what? you know, where is all the Ray merchandise? <sighs> and Ooh, This is so you, stupid, man. I mean, the fact that she's left out is stupid. It's, in this day well, and age, it's and, and and that's why I wanted to bring this up, and that's why I'm. I hope you guys can hear me dragging the uh, soapbox <laughs> screen. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> I'm the, sure Michael uh, put in a great sound effect for that. Yeah. So here's the thing. The reason I wanted to bring this up because uh, the article I'm sharing here is uh, Ray's been excluded from the latest edition of Star Wars Monopoly, and this is a comic book resources web uh, article, and I feel like this is so disingenuous to what's going on the new monopoly has four four miniatures in it okay you have luke you know classic uh return of the jedi luke in the black suit with the green lightsaber you've got um finn uh, finn yeah his name escapes me every once in a while i almost said poe and then you've got vader and kylo ren and people are up in arms because there's no ray and I feel very conflicted about this because there's only four figures in the game, right? You know what I mean? Like, so there, well, and that's my first question. Why is there only four? Traditionally, there's eight figures in a monopoly. I don't game. know, but for whatever reason, they're only including four. Okay. Right. So they have two original trilogy characters, you know, the Darth Vader, Fox, and you know, yeah. the classic matchup. Yeah. And yeah. then they have, you know, Finn and Kylo. What and, the hell's Finn doing there? I mean, it should have been. Well, because Finn was Finn was the hot solo of the he movie. Was a, he was a garbage man stormtrooper. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, no, he's going to play a bigger role. He's, he's already, I mean, he was he was the helper to Ray. He was a companion to Ray. And yeah, but he's not the hero of the franchise going forward. It's going to be Ray. It is Ray. You're I mean, absolutely right. Sure. You're right. And okay. I agree with I'm sorry, Klotz. Go ahead. No, 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 no. I agree with you. But so here's the issue we have. Star Wars has gotten a lot of uh, – they've been under a microscope from the beginning, particularly about diversity, right? Diversity is a big thing now. Every As it TV show, movie, every – yeah. I'm not trying to say that in a way that implies right, that right, I don't right, think right. that it's an important subject. But here we have an example of diversity butting heads with itself. Right. So we have a crowd of people who are upset that Ray is missing from this new Monopoly game. But I'm kind of th here s sitting here like, you know, somebody at, you know, which uh, it's Hasbro that puts the game out. 
And, you know, obviously Disney's involved with all the merchandising. You know, there are probably some meetings where they're like, all right, who are we going to put here? And somebody along the line probably suggested Finn for a diverse representation. What? So we have the issue of like you or, have or one side I of may. the – to yeah. save money on ink because look, all the figures are mainly black. And if you look at it, as far as yeah. printing goes, I'm I'm being physically talking about printing. It's of it. not really the way that whole thing works, but yeah, well, uh, it I looks mean, like it to a physical casual. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah, that was definitely worth disrupting my flow. For. <laughs> Did you not read your contract? Because that's my job. <laughs> <laughs> Today on Charles knows nothing about miniature manufacturing. Oh, that's uh, that's a given. <laughs> uh, anyway, so basically, what I'm trying to say here is, so we have an issue here. We people want to be represented in in the merchandising for these fr- franchises and properties that they care about. Um, we want to see representation in the content itself, and then we want to see it in the merchandising. So here's a situation where there's only four figures in the box and the two villains are already locked down. We know who they're going to be. And, you know, Luke is the classic include from the original. And, you know, there's some question over whether you should include Finn or Ray. If you include Finn, you upset the people who wanted to see female representation. If you include Ray, you upset people who want to see people of color representation. Right. You can't win. In this hmm. in this scenario is what I'm bringing up, and it kind of extends to the whole merchandising conversation altogether, because there's this Where's Ray movement. The thing is, people have come out to kind of debunk it a little bit and say there. Okay, there is not as much Ray merchandise as there might be for some of the male characters. I'll openly admit that, and I think other people have openly acknowledged that. But there's not a lack of Ray merchandise, other than in the fact that there's a lack of Ray merchandise on shelves and pegs and you know, storefronts everywhere because people are buying it up. So we have this very awkward situation where people are like, you know, they're waving their flag like, ah, where's Ray? And it's like, well, there is Ray stuff out there, but people are buying it, which is a great thing. You know, that's fantastic. To the point where like in major markets, like people show up to like on the days that they think they're going to resupply action figures and stuff like that to try to get, you know, try to get these figures and stuff. Um, I guess the, the, the real thing that I really wanted to bring up here is like, I think we need to calm down as a community and stop making it seem like people, like people who make merchandising and advertising and all that kind of stuff, decisions. I think they want to do representation. I think they want to represent, you know, diversity. They want to represent all these various characters and everything. And I think there's just this major sensitivity towards the, the topic. You know what I mean? And it's like, they're, I think they're trying. So I think people need to acknowledge that and say, okay, there are Ray action figures. She yeah. is included on some of the merchandise. Like when, I, I guess like I'm kind of going in circles here, but like when they originally announced the casting for this film, there was a bit of an uproar about, oh, there's not enough women you know women in the cast there's not enough people of color or other minorities in the cast and come to find out the two main characters are a woman and an african-american well not african-american man i'm sorry he's british but a black man okay they're the two main characters they're the characters we follow through the whole movie that is 
what people have asked for is diversity. So we're, we're getting it. It's there. And then in the merchandising, you know, there's all kinds of Finn action figures and stuff. And there's some Ray ones too and stuff like that. But like there's been some outlet, you know, about the uh, some of the bundle packs. Like, oh, you get four or five figures in one pack together. And Ray won't be in those and stuff. And it's like, all right. Okay, well, no, that's, that's merchandising 101. They know she's going to be the most in-demand character. They're going to sell her separately. Like Groot. Well, well they're. Groot, yeah, you the, cannot buy Groot directly. You had to buy him in the the build it packs. You had to buy all the other characters oh, to yeah, build yeah. Groot. Right, right. right. Yeah, so well, that's what I was about to ask you, Paul. If you yeah. think that, do, do you think? And I guess this is for both of you. If okay, the the four initial characters, uh, Ray wasn't part of it. Huge uproar. Now, what if um, uh, was it Hasbro? You said that mm-hmm. does the game. Hasbro yeah. comes out and they say. Uh, now they're selling exclusive figures. Like BB-8 is going to be an exclusive figure. Ray is going to be an exclusive figure. Oh, now, Jesus, it, don't now give him an idea. Is, is Holy crap! Argument <laughs> that Ray is. Uh, oh, now they're now they're showing favoritism. Why wasn't Finn an exclusive figure? Yeah, well, and even though he's a default yeah. character, you know what I mean. Well, you actually bring up a really good point, and I think that's what I'm trying to get at here is that. If pretty much no matter how you do this merchandising and everything, you're going to get criticized because people are going to be upset and they're going to twist it to fit their narrative. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Which sucks. I'm sorry. I'm going to throw that out there. This totally sucks. It like it really I'm tired of the quagmire of social issues getting wrapped up in these awesome properties. You know what I mean? To the point where like people aren't seeing clearly. Like the, the McFall, as you said, you know, mm-hmm. they they sell Ray separately. Yeah. There's a couple of reasons for packaging her separately. For one, because, you know, it, as much as they package all the male characters together so that boys and parents of boys will go into stores and buy the all male package for their mm-hmm. son. Mm-hmm. They also don't necessarily want to package Ray with a bunch of boys or male characters because there's going to be plenty of girls out there who want to walk into a store and buy a Ray action figure, and maybe they don't want to have to buy it in like a $30, $40 bundle oh, pack. That's, that's the thing, too. Yeah. Who wants to drop you know, $60 on a pack when you just want the one figure? Right. Maybe yeah. maybe they have no interest in having all those other characters. You right. know what I mean? Right. Um, and so people see the one thing, and they're like, oh, well, this is what's it. It's like, well, I don't know that that's what's going on. And it, it, we've talked about in the past, like the whole – the DC – debacle with uh young justice yeah and you know all that stuff we're like oh well girls don't buy merchandise girls don't buy toys we know yeah. women and and young girls buy tons of merchandise as a matter of fact i would argue that women and young girls tend to buy merchandise to be decorative more than men do like they're gonna buy action figures to put on a shelf they're gonna you know the, the whole funko pop thing is a, an amazing like development and merchandising because they're they're cutesy styled you know dolls that sell with both men and women because they're cutesy and so they fit they hit both demos you know what i mean yeah and and they look they do a good job i don't want to make it seem like the only reason they're successful is because they're cutesy but um i like my sister for example you know she's in her 40s and she buys funko pop dolls because she likes them for the properties that she likes. You know what I mean? Right. If you had said that 10 years ago, that kind of stuff didn't sell the same way. You know what I mean? Right. Like not mm-hmm. like it does today. 
So merchandising has adjusted to appeal to broader demographics and to appeal to everybody. And representation is there. We just have to acknowledge it. Like, I mean, I just see this whole monopoly situation with the four figures. They basically have one slot that could be, you know, somebody from the new movie. And it's like, I, I think you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Wow. Because if they had Ray in there, you know, then a different crowd of people could say, hey, sure. come on, man. You know, yeah. Finn was a main character. Why isn't he in there? Yeah. You know, and, Always trying to but, keep the man down. Uh, two, two things I have with that. One is my answer to Hasbro is you're, you're screwing up your own game. I mean, at no point was Monopoly ever four players. It's always six or more players. Uh, and I may be off on the exact number, but I know it's more than four. That sounds like a hellacious six. landscape of not fun. But well, it's pick from. You don't really play <laughs> four. You don't really play no, more than four players. But but you pick, so to limit it to four characters, really, here's how you get around that complaint: add two more characters, one more bad oh, guy, one more. They good should guy. totally add expansions. I mean, that's how you uh, make oh, money. No, I don't want expansions. That's not <laughs> my pocket. But you know, Kashikian lives matter. There's no freaking chewy here, and that's what the real thing is. It's really funny uh, you say that because <laughs> in the picture in this article, Kashik is right behind. I it. know. I know. Uh, so, but here's the thing. So I'm thinking, okay, I'm gonna give a counterpoint to Klotz. He says there's a ton of stuff out there. I I know traditionally. I didn't say there's a ton. Well, so no, wait, wait, wait. Stuff, Just you win. You're good. I'm not throwing you under the bus. This is actually a prop up of what you did. So I'm like, I know traditionally merchandising has shorted women. It's it's Leia. You could really only get the slave Leia doll for the longest time figure or whatever because mm-hmm. she's in the bikini. All this jazz. So I googled it, and sure enough, the I mean, tons of things popped up. The the article I picked is from the nerdybird.com. More Star Wars: The Force Awakens Ray merchandise than you can. St- shake a staff at and to scroll through it says okay yes uh i don't you know i don't think they're saying yes there was uh there was a lack of ray merchandise out there and and some of it is because we were buying it some of it because they just didn't produce as much mm-hmm. uh and they start with the bad this is i don't think the ray situation is quite as bad as the gamora or black widow debacles which black widow was nowhere in any of the merchandising stuff which was uh, Still gets me so mad. Gamora right. was limited. You could get her in some kits and not others. Uh, so, yes, we know that merchandising does slight women for some reason. And so Ray was left out of the Battle Action Millennium Falcon, which was mm-hmm. dumb because everybody else is there. Stormtroopers. Well, I think that was probably done for a reason. Maybe. I think I think that was probably done to avoid spoilers. And, and they're talking about maybe, uh, maybe. But they're also talking about packs of things, uh, exclusive packs where Stormtroopers and nameless pilots were put in front of, you know, instead of her being put in there. However, then it goes to show she's a lead figure in the Christmas uh, ornaments, along with, might I say, uh, Phasma, uh, Captain Phasma is there. So you got two females, notable females, in the Christmas pack. Uh, she has her own uh, survival guide uh, replica journal. She has T-shirts mm-hmm. and action figure sets and a couple. She has two different Funko Pops for herself. Right. Uh, she now, is in some kits. She's in the Star Wars Force Awakens figurine playset. Um, so, so, so here's the thing. Yeah, production cycles on merchandise like that tells us that this isn't like something that they did in response since the movie came out. They planned all of that. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, they knew that she was going to be a popular character. They knew that she was going to be someone that people flocked to and wanted merchandise for and related to her. So the proof's in the pudding there that they knew what they were doing, I think. Like when you talk about something like, you know, the the, the um, 
the survival guide thing like for her like that's yeah. a very thematic thing for that character i think it's awesome that yeah. that stuff is out there right and i think it shows that they really did want to serve fans of that character they, they you know they wanted there to be merchandise i think it's really the demand right now is outstripping supply um well, at least that's, for that, that stuff that's it, it, if I could add to that, Paul, I, sometimes, and it's not just uh, with toys, uh, comic books do it, um, se- several other collectibles do it. Like a huge character like her, like I said, she's foreseeably going to be our Luke Skywalker for these next three films. Mm-hmm. Um, they make them, by doing that, they make her exclusive. And I was oh, yeah. just looking, just looking on eBay uh, because the Black Series figures. I don't know if you all mm-hmm. are aware because I'm a huge nerd. I I buy those too, and they're they're gone. Like if you go to Target mm-hmm. any place, you can't hardly find the good ones at all. Like Kylo, uh, Ray. Uh, I still see some fins every once in a while. I but, actually like, just was looking, in, <laughs> imagine I was that. in the store recently. Just, saw nothing but fins. <laughs> it, <laughs> right. it was really funny. Uh, but you know, you look on eBay. She's going for almost that's that black series figure is going for almost twelve dollars more than Finn is. Mm-hmm. I think because they have, uh, I think they've made it more exclusive. And like you said earlier, it's supply and demand. What we'll do is is we'll make her uh, oh, yeah. an exclusive character because we won't produce as many as we Artificial do of, scarcity. of the others. Yeah, I would. I and, and I get that. It's, it's kind of. It's kind of a scummy thing to do, but I get it from Absolutely. a marketing standpoint. I was like, on the surface, for a movie just to run its course, let the popular characters come forth on their own, regardless of age, sex, race, or gender. I said right. sex and gender, but I'm sorry. Uh, but regardless of anything that we can pick apart, say, hey, she was a great character. Let's let's sell the crap out of that. Instead mm-hmm. of all this drama and controversy that we Agreed. get. On Absolutely. every movie. I mean, holy crap, dude. When the, the trailer premiered, there were people petitioning. Honest to God petitions to say boycott Star Wars because Finn shows up in the trailer as a stormtrooper. Like, oh my God, it's a black stormtrooper. Blah, 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 blah. Shut up. This <laughs> yeah. was two years before the movie came out. Or a year at oh, least. Yeah, no, I know. Shut up. I mean, that's ultimately my point in bringing this topic up because I wanted to hear you guys chime in. And I basically what I wanted to say is like we need to continue to make strides towards better representation. Yes, absolutely agree with that, support that notion. But I also think it's about time we acknowledge some of the strides we have made. And as far as the merchandising for The Force Awakens goes, they've done a pretty damn good job of offering a wide array of absolutely merchandise and ray is represented though she is hard to find because people want it um the other thing that i will bring up is on the backside. i mean like hasbro being the the company that's making the monopoly game here for example and i know they do a lot of the other merchandise as well hasbro is arguably the biggest toy company in the world and they are also one of the biggest game manufacturers in the world because they have their traditional gaming um, section and they also own Wizards of the Coast with that makes uh, Magic the Gathering and a number of other games. Wow. So they, you know, they know what's going on and they have access to sales data and you know all that kind of stuff that we just don't. So I would I'd like to think that they know that there is a demand for this stuff, but I'd also like to think that they probably are making 
informed decisions about supply initially and then responding to initial sales. You know, like so basically maybe they don't make as many ray figures as they make of some of the other characters because they're not sure if they're going to sell like they think they might. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you don't necessarily want to end up with a warehouse full of merchandise that nobody wants because that happens, especially yeah. – Think of some of the big blockbuster movies in the last, you know, three, four, five years. Some of them just fell flat on their face. And they, like Jurassic World, for example, really popular movie. Mm-hmm. But I don't see the merchandise flying off the shelves like I do for Star Wars or some of the other properties. Right. I, I, you know, you'll notice that you go into toy aisles uh, of some in big stores and you see a Star Wars section, for example, and it's like, half picked clean and you know on a random day in the middle of the year you know not the holidays you know what i mean like just normal days and then you look at like the dc toys and they're fully stocked or you look at you look at um some other property and they're like just full of the brim you can tell that they've got boxes sitting in the back that they're just waiting for somebody please somebody buy some of the stuff um you know so I think that they they have access to this data. I think they're probably trying to prevent like this flood of stuff that people aren't buying. And I'm sure, I'm positive that with how popular Ray as a character is, how popular this film is, that we will see more Ray merchandise going forward. I think they will reprint a lot of the stuff that has already been, you know, prepared. And I guarantee for the next film, they're going to have a lot more merchandise for Ray. Oh, but- um, how much is too much merchandise? You that's know, because, the other question. Yeah, holy no, cow. I mean, just scrolling through the stuff that she does have, and then knowing I went to Walgreens, Walgreens all place to get some cold medicine, and there's these exclusive stores, Tylenol. I don't know what the hell they actually were, but oh, he's like yes. Tylenol, <laughs> you know, Star Wars branded Tylenol. Oh my god, I'm so freaking tired of knockoff cereals because it has Star Wars on it, or yep. or freaking mac and cheese, or. Tissues, mm-hmm. facial tissues. Come on, Q-tips. you know what I'm doing that. I was, in, I was in a five below right before the holiday, and I saw Q-tips, a, a little plastic container of That's the right, cheap, the cheap Q-tips, and it had like R2D2 on one, BB-8 on another one, Yoda on another one. I was like, this is stupid. And this is a two dollar box of Q-tips that has a sticker with a Star Wars character on it, and that that's how they're trying to sell it. I'm yeah. like, if I need Q-tips, I'm gonna buy Q-tips. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I might buy the Star Wars one because it's sitting there next to the other ones, but I'm not going to buy Q-tips because it has Star Wars on it. You know what I mean? Like, that's crazy. I'm not going to go to the supermarket and buy grapes because Yoda's face is on them or oranges (laughs) because BB-8's on that. You know what I mean? Like, if I'm going to go buy those things, I'm going to buy them anyways. So it's uh, which, you know, arguably like a merchandiser or marketer will say, well, but now you're getting reminded that you need to go see Star Wars again when you buy that stuff. And I'm like, maybe. Maybe. But maybe. But yeah. Right. Anyways, so to wrap up this topic, I just wanted to say, you know, all right, folks out there, let's calm down a little bit and realize that, you know, they're on top of this. They're putting stuff out for these characters. And uh, while it might have been a piss poor decision for the Monopoly game to only have four figures because it opens yourself up to this kind of criticism. Uh, I think in the end, there will be a mountain of Ray merchandise. And at some point, we'll be like, where is anybody else but Ray? As yeah. will be the hashtag. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and especially going into the, the next film, like, clearly the next film is going to be really centric on Ray. And it's probably well, going to be a. That, this one wasn't? 
Well, no, but I mean, like, in a way where, like, this was like, oh, okay, you know, we've got we got Ray and Finn. We're getting to know both of them. And then we're getting to know some other characters. And, oh, sure. look at all the classic characters. Yay. You know what I mean? I think in the next one it's going to be, like, I think a, a huge chunk of the next film is probably going to be Luke and Ray one-on-one like it was in the second film with Yoda and Luke. Sure, sure. You know I what agree. I mean? I hope it is. That's my sincere hope. So I think by the time we get to the next film, people are going to be, like, they're just going to be, like, swiping mountains of Ray merchandise aside to try to look for like the random Kylo figure or, you know, something like that. Um, I'm sure this is going to be, uh, you're going to be able to get your Ray stuff guys. I promise. I I just, I just hope that the next, you know, episode eight, the next movie opens up on a nice ice planet with some tauntauns and some big satellite <laughs> dishes, because that that was my favorite part of the second movie. I was just saying, uh, it was cool. and then and then somebody slashes one of them open with a lightsaber. <laughs> and Ray uh, like, uh, hey, Luke's like, hey, I had to pay my dues. You get your ass in there, Ray. Uh, so, all right, all right, we gotta get out of here. But I do want because we've been talking about so much about civil war and those kind of things. I want to read this one Wheel of Fate story. Chris Evans teases big changes for Steve Rogers in Captain America: Civil War. The Avengers have always had their differences. Across multiple films now, the characters have butted heads on what should be they should be doing in the world, but all that will come to a head in Civil War, where punches will be thrown, blah, 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 blah. So here's his quote. Uh, he says, uh, this will bring substantial changes not only for Steve Rogers, but also for Tony Stark. There's a great parallel that they draw. This is a quote. There's a great parallel that they draw between my character and Tony Stark, Evan says. It's something we can all relate to in terms of how we perceive our own society and culture in terms of what is best for people. You can go down right. You can go right down to the Democrat and Republicans. Everyone has a different opinion of what's best. You have this team. It goes on and on and on. Now he goes, he carries on and says, we're going to have this nice evolution where you have a guy like Cap who grew up with structure. He was a soldier. He liked hierarchy. He liked a chain of command. Now all of a sudden you have a guy who used to love the system, not so sure about trusting it. A guy like Tony Stark who used to buck the system and dance to the beat of his own drum, all of a sudden thinking we may need some order. So he carries on with more of this stuff. You really should look at this article. But he talks about how it's going to really throw off everything. I think this is going to be a major pivot point, as it was in the comics, to change the flow of how the movies are going to be coming. So, uh, lots of different people in here. You want me, you want me to throw out some of the the characters that they've actually announced? Sure. All right. Uh, you got Captain America, of course, Iron Man, Black Widow, Falcon, Scarlet Witch, uh, Vision is back, which I'm very excited about. Hawkeye, Clint Barton, uh, War Machine. Definitely uh, Winter Soldier, uh, Black Panther, Agent 13, which is Emily Van Camp, which I'm okay with, but come on, where's where's more Ray? Hashtag where's Ray on this article? That's all I'm saying. She should be Dude, Sharon you've Carter. You've got to get over the Sharon Carter thing. You are obsessed. Baron Helmet Zemo, uh, Crossbones, <clears throat> and, of course, General William Hurt as General Thaddeus, Thunderbolt, Ross, and Ant-Man. So those are all the announced characters. I like the poster that goes along with this. It has everybody kind of fighting and doing their thing. But yeah, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a, a big change for the MCU and you better be prepared. That's what we're telling you. Can't wait. Uh, 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 so let's get out of here. Travis, uh, Travis Jones. Tell us about the blazing defender report. What do you do? Where can we find it? <clears throat> You can find the Blazing Defender Report at theblazingdefenderreport.com. Uh, it'll be a redirect to my Facebook page. It'll send you to 
uh, my YouTube site where you can view the show uh, live. I'm also going to have a, an audio stream that you can have if you just want to plug in your car and you're headed to the gym or the grocery store or whatever and you put your headphones in and listen to it. Basically what I do is I buy comic books every week uh, more than I probably should. So what I want to do is, is give people a show and tell you what I liked in the week and what I didn't like that week. Um, I'm not, as, as you guys are as well, I'm not, uh, I don't have any allegiances to anybody. I like what I like. Um, if it's a Captain America comic book, who's my favorite and the comic book sucks, I'm going to tell you the comic book sucks. But what I'll tell you is, is what I thought was good about it and what was bad. And you may like what I say is good enough about it that you maybe want to go to the comic book shop and check it out for yourself. That's kind of what the show is for. It is for the super nerd also, <laughs> but I kind of want uh, to get the, the people that just kind of have their toe in the water and they really love the movies. And the movies, I think we can all agree, has exploded uh, everybody's interest from small kids to adults. Uh, it's funny. I get a lot of adults that come to me and go, hey, man, my son loves Captain America. Uh, what, what, you know, is there a comic book out there that you could recommend for me? And what happens more times than not, it's the adult that picks up the habit and not the kid. So uh, it's, it's, it's kind of fun. It's kind of cool. Uh, there's actually two guys that from the show that live around here that now I meet every Wednesday at the comic shop. Uh, I got them. I went with them their first time. I met them through the show. And, and now we meet every Wednesday at the comic shop. And I kind of tell them, you know, what I think they might like. And they've picked up the Star Wars books and everything. They're hooked. They're, they're, they're hooked. So, um, so basically that's what the show's about. And I try to make it semi-entertaining. Uh, it's a little hard by myself sometimes. But, um, you know, uh, it's, you it's, make it's it entertaining. decent. You should check it out. About? This man is crazy balls to the wall, talks about comics and geek films. And the other thing you do is you do a Periscope with that, don't you? Yes, I do. Where I do you do reach Periscope. out and talk to the fans live sure. while you're doing the show and that kind of thing. It's sure. really cool, man. Uh, of course, you're a part of the Giant Size Team Up Network, and we're going to have your page coming up in late phase one or early phase two. We will get to pick out his, you'll see his latest videos, and of course, I have a website attached to us as well. And uh, check that out every week. It's a great show. He's got a great personality. And you also guested on the giant team-up episode of MCU Cast where they talked about Jessica Jones. And you can yes. find him there as well. All right. Uh, anything else we got to do before we get out of here, Klotz? No, that's it. That's the show for the week. All right. Well, subscribe to the show. Find us in iTunes. Go to Breaking the Panel. On Blog Talk Radio, there's an, the RSS feed, if you're unfamiliar, is an orange box with white arcs that look like radio signals going out. You can subscribe through any device through blogtalkradio.com forward slash breaking the panel on that orange uh, block, which is the RSS feed. Go to Giant Size Team Up Network, or I'm sorry, Giant Size Team Up.com forward slash breaking the panel. And then at the bottom, we're working on some of the tweaks there, but at the bottom or on any of the posts, you will have the box with the the arc symbols that looks like the radio symbol going out. That is called a feed. You can put it into any feed burner app on your phone, any kind of podcatcher uh, on your phone, on your tablet, on your computer. Subscribe, check it out there, or just go and listen on the site. The player is there as well. So we do this every week. Check us out next week where Ibit will be returning, and we'll be talking about more stories, more coolness, and definitely more opinions. Yeah.